Throughout history, the movement of feminism has been dominated by the wants and needs of white women. So, how do we rewrite the history of feminism and bring equality and opportunity to all women, no matter their race? Join me today in conversation with Her Flowers, an anti-racist organization, as we talk about intersectional feminism. Hi, my name's Althea, and you are listening to Bridging the Divide by the Bipartisan Feminist Project. As I hope you know, February was Black History Month, and this month is Women's History Month, months of reflection, celebration, and learning. This year, we wanted to talk about the role of anti-racism in the feminist movement. Women of color have been consistently removed from the feminist narrative and disregarded completely. Their concerns, their beliefs, and their voices have been consistently silenced throughout the history of feminism. Because white, middle-class women tend to only experience oppression through sexism, it's important to open up the conversation to those who experience feminism in other ways. By only validating the experiences of a small portion of the feminist movement, we are preventing further unity, cooperation, and progress on behalf of all women. During the second wave of feminism in the 60s and 70s was when black feminism began to take a clearer center stage in the world of feminism with feminists like Angela Y. Davis, Betty Freed, Audre Lorde, and many, many more, the feminist movement began its reckoning with its racist past. And as we move into the generation of intersectional feminism, it's time to continue that reckoning. So, join me in welcoming our guests from Her Flowers. Hello and welcome, everyone. Um, we have three special guests here with me today, Julie, Ava, and Daniela. Could you guys just introduce yourselves a little bit, say what you do at Her Flowers? Sure. So, Ms. Daniela Miranda, I am a researcher and community psychologist, and I am one of the co-founders of Her Flowers. Hi, I'm Julie Goldberg. I'm a therapist in Denver, and I'm also a co-founder of Her Flowers. And Danny and I are uh, best friends from college. We went to Boston University together. Um, and I'm Ava Barish. I'm a high school senior from Denver, Colorado. And I was, I guess you could say, one of the founding members in Her Flowers. Um, and I've just been a team participant since then. And thank you so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to get into this. Um, first up, could one of you just give us a brief introduction into what Her Flowers is and what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So we sort of started as a group after, like in the wake of George Floyd's murder this summer, in trying to sort of reconcile that and do more than just what's felt so performative of posting a black square on Instagram and things like that. So over the summer, we had sort of an introductory workshop to sort of familiarize ourselves with some of the terminology and things like that surrounding conversations of race and privilege and related topics. Um, since then, those groups have continued, but we've also had more of just like discussion groups to talk about issues related to race, but also using an anti-racist lens to look at other issues in our society beyond just police brutality and things like that. Um, and we've also coupled with that a lecture series from some um, experts about different issues, trying to maintain that anti-racist lens so that 
we're able to have a better understanding of these issues we want to see change on and lead and participate in productive conversations surrounding those. Yeah, it it started actually as a one-time workshop. So Ava attended our first workshop. We're like, okay, we're just going to meet one time, talk about these things. Maybe we'll offer this workshop multiple times to, to young girls across the country. It was such a nice space and there was a sense of community and connection and really great conversation that people were saying, hey, we want to keep doing this. So we kind of shifted our focus from a one-time workshop to an ongoing group. So we meet once a month now with the um, Her Flowers teens and then do the other stuff that Ava mentioned as well. As Ava was saying, it started last summer in the protest, but really it was almost a personal project between Julie and I in the sense of we were trying to figure out how to process everything going on. I'm based in Spain. So for me, it was just really hard and frustrating to feel like there was nothing I could do. I was in a very intense lockdown. So the moment I could go on a long walk, I would call Julie and we would just really reflect on everything and think of our childhood and what we actually knew. And both of our professional lives have always like led to social justice issues. But I think during that time, it was figuring out like what was our role in it and the way that we were having conversations. We were realizing that our own community of friends and family weren't engaging in the conversations and it all felt really empty. Um, The Instagram, everyone was all of a sudden talking Mm -hmm. about equity. And I had spent years studying what equity really meant and like the political implications of that and it, it just felt like this buzzword that everybody was using, which in a way was great, but it just felt really empty. So yeah, it came from really that that need. We were like, when we were younger, why were we not engaged in this? Why weren't we t- not talking about this? And we were like, let's do this for you. Create this space for younger women who are also seeking that, that connection with others who want to figure it out and have these conversations that sometimes they are hard to have and mess up in you're scared to say the wrong thing or you don't even really have the lens to look at things going on in your life um from an anti-racist lens absolutely it's so true that we've definitely for a long time i think lacked the ability to have productive conversations about race um especially when it comes to um women of color and intersectional feminism which is going to be what we're talking about today Um, So my first sort of question on the topic um, is just to ask you to give sort of an overview of what intersectional feminism is and why it's important. So I think intersectional feminism, it's really rooted in the concept of intersectionality, which is sort of a sociological concept that says that we can't understand someone's unique experiences as just the summation of different identities they may have. So we can't understand the experience of what it's like to be a Black woman by just adding together the experience of being a Black person and being a woman, because there's sort of a unique experience at the intersection of those identities. So then when we apply that concept to feminism, in my view, what that means is that there's not one universal experience of what it's like to be a woman. And the experience someone has as a woman and what surrounding oppression they may face as a result of that varies depending on what other identities they have. So in trying to advocate 
for equality or for equity for all women, what that means will be different for every woman depending on their other identities. I think it's something that I've recently become more really aware of is the feminist movement and what it means in the U.S. in the broader sense and what it means around the world and what it means to women who not only of color, but living in having very different experiences than my own experience of what reproductive rights means or uh, recently, a lot of our Instagram content, we've been thinking about feminism from an anti-racist lens. And I recently just learned different names of indigenous suffragists that I had no idea. And so during the suffragist movement, white women were finally getting the access to vote, but there were indigenous women who weren't even considered citizens. So we're talking about people mm-hmm. who are dealing with very different rights that the more that the white woman was advancing, they were getting left behind. And so intersectional feminism is like, let's put that on the forefront. Thank you. And you kind of touched on this a little bit already, but and in the way that you've learned so much more about feminism in general, but why is it so important to consider ourselves intersectional feminists? That question almost made me laugh. <laughs> it Because it's like, I, in my head, I'm like, how could I not? You know, mm. once I, I know about this concept and I understand the world as being complex and diverse and having multiple identities, it's really hard. It, it's not even like I think of myself as an intersectional feminist. I just am. Um, that is just a lens that I use. And I, I, as a therapist, like, people are are complex and they have more than one identity and they have more than one story and they have multi-generations of stories as well. It's not just their story that they're bringing in. Like intergenerational trauma is real Mm -hmm. and plays a part into the cultural narrative of today. So there's just so many different pieces that play a part into who a human is, that I think it feels almost like a little reckless not to apply an intersectional lens to understanding racism and feminism. Yeah, um, I want to hop on to that idea. Just thinking of being an intersectional feminist also means from a privileged position, you're sharing resources and actions with, with other women, if not I mean, I, I'm, I keep thinking of examples from my experiences. I work with um, eth- uh, a minoritized group called Roma here in Spain. And one of the Roma women who uh, I work with her and she asked me, she's like, why to be a feminist? Do I have to be like you? I'm like, you don't have to be like me. She's like, I want to get married young. It's important to my community. I can't, I can't get an abortion in my community. It's not looked upon. And she, for her to think that she can't, be a part of feminism because of that, we're completely cutting off ties of having like a support system and allies to help know that you have other resources and that we will support you if that's what's important to you and that's what you value. Um, yeah. I'm just gonna say like what Danny said, I think for me, this idea of intersectionality, I guess maybe unlike what Julie said, like can be hard to recognize that like what I think 
feminism should look like, what I think an equal world should look like, and how I think we should get there, that's like not necessarily the same as what all women think and feel. And so this intersectional approach is important in recognizing that like what what I what those views I have, like that's very influenced by my own identities, but I need to recognize that like that experience is different for other women and to really like engage with feminism truly and like create the world that I want to see. I need to recognize that like what that means is different for a lot of women. Um, and maybe like the world that I want to see isn't exactly like what that perfect world that we should be striving for is. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the biggest myths, I think, and one of the biggest barriers to um, feminism being more bipartisan is that there's a misconception that there's only one way to be a feminist or to look like a feminist or to act like a feminist and that it requires you to hold certain ideas or to just to act in a certain way or to even just have a certain identity to be a white middle-class woman. And I'm really glad that you guys brought that up because it's so important just to the feminist movement in general, having any kind of power that people accept there are different ways um, of expressing feminism. Julie, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's a conversation that we've been having a lot, Danny and I, of like, okay, this is what feminism is to me, Julie, as an individual, but what does it actually mean to other women in other areas? Uh, For instance, like I live in Denver and it's a very urban, progressive community, but just on the outskirts of Denver in the suburbs, the narrative is really different and I need to remember that and not have the assumption that everyone's coming to the conversation with the same understanding the same vocabulary but also like Ava saying the same desires or the same goals Mm. what I want for feminism and what feels good for me isn't what feel good feels good for everyone and that's I think really important to remember absolutely this is sort of jumping a little bit off of that but over the last couple of months as you guys have you know, built this organization and reflected a lot on you know, what it means to be a feminist, as you were saying. How has it changed the way you feel about feminism in your personal life? For me, taking on this, you know, starting Her Flowers has just like to stop and really think about the things that I'm saying and question my beliefs and why I have them and how I like navigate the world and my relationship with other women, um, not only at work, but even with friends and family, my mother. um, And I think that that it's like having this sense of empathy where we're not all coming from the same, same point of view. Um, I think that her flowers has really provided me with that space uh, and this idea of intersectionality as well. I think for me, um, you know, I think like there's a distinction between feminism as a concept and just wanting equality and then feminism sort of as a movement. And I've sort of touched on how that's changed my idea of feminism like as a concept, but it's definitely this sort of intersectional approach has sort of provoked me to be a little more critical, particularly of the feminist movement and of feminism in history in recognizing that, you know, 
these women who I look up to and are so inspirational aren't perfect and had flaws. Um, and that, you know, there were issues within that movement in not including all people in not embracing all identities, things like that. Um, and I think it's just really important to have that recognition that like, I can still be a feminist while also recognizing that there are problems in feminism and the feminist movement hasn't been perfect. Absolutely. This, uh, this idea of like changing your narrative and progress is making me think of a story. Danny and I were college roommates and we shared a bathroom and this memory is just like drilled in my head. I can't remember which one of us was shaving our legs in the bathroom, but one of us was shaving our legs and we're like, I could never be a feminist. I like shaving. (laughs) I can't give that up. I'm not a feminist. I like shaving my legs. And in our mind Mm. as 20 year olds, like that's what it meant. Like to be a feminist, we, we couldn't like shaving our legs and we had to be out there protesting and hating men. It was just, I mean, it was really an immature view of what feminism is. And to think 10 years later, it has drastically progressed and Mm -hmm. changed and I would never say something like I couldn't be a feminist because I like shaving my legs now (laughs) like now that's a really comical uh, statement to make but but things have really changed in the past 10 years around this narrative and progressed in in big ways I think I think awareness when at first when I think of awareness, I'm like, we're not doing enough. We don't have a big enough audience, but mm. we are making a change within our community and it's rippling out. So we have a newsletter that goes out twice a month and we send out relevant articles, usually with a, a female lead as, as the arc or the narrative. Um, we're always sending out resources as well in there. And then Again, where I'm like, awareness, we don't have enough. We have a small Instagram following, but we have people that are engaged in the community and reading our posts, and we're spending a lot of time making sure that we're posting quality information. So we're trying to post about women and anti-racism and ways to stay involved and making people feel more engaged and not Mm. overwhelmed because that was one of the main things that we felt this summer with the protest or this past summer was you had to be engaged. You had to act now, but no one actually knew how or Mm. the idea of starting something was too big. So no one was doing anything. So we're really trying to make small gradual changes and bite-sized information. Like we're, I'm not a professor. (laughs) I'm not a journalist. You know, that's not my job to, to provide research papers on on this stuff, but I am trying to help people feel like these concepts and these ideas are easier to connect with. And being a feminist or understanding feminism isn't really scary or too hard and you can do it starting small. Yeah, and thinking about, you know, we are a small group with a small community, but something that I do think that is unique. Um, and I like the pace that we're at because it's really a feedback loop. Like everything we're reviewing, it's like we're having personal conversations. Julie and I, when we meet once a week, we have like a 20 minute catch up where we're, 
just talking about our personal stuff within these issues. And then like everything feeds back into our conversations with the, with the group of girls that we meet once a month. And so it's small, but the feedback loop does feel rich and for me in the right direction to really include anti-racism when we're a group of young feminists of all ages, so. Just as my last question, um, how do you guys hope that the feminist movement will change to accommodate more intersectionality and more, more openness to different lenses and different perspectives? And I guess I'd say one of the changes I hope I see is just sort of more recognition of the nuances of the issues that feminism is trying to address. You know, like, I think the most common example is in the wage gap in the U.S., like, in recognizing that what what that means, what the wage gap looks like, is very different for white women versus women of color. And even just in the community of women of color, there's huge discrepancies in what the wage gap will look like amongst different racial groups. And so I think that recognition that there are differences in what those issues look like for different women is really critical to being able to actually sufficiently address them because more work needs to be done for those women of color to have equal pay than it does for white women. Um, And then secondly, I'd like to, you know, like I mentioned, I'd like to see more people being a little more critical of the feminist movement in, in just recognizing when things have gone wrong, when there's been exclusion, whether that's historical or whether that's happening right now, you know, there's no way to really change that without first recognizing it. Um, for me, it would be to see solidarity across different types of movements, um, to see women of color across movements come together and um, really inject this perspective in every in all sorts of social agendas um, today. One thing that Danny and I have talked a lot about is some of the most like hatred or judgment that we've both felt has come from other women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, to go on those themes of like inclusivity and applying a critical lens like not having an assumption that if you're a woman you have these beliefs and if you don't something's wrong with you and you should be called out and you should be judged and yeah like applying kindness and compassion and and community to the feminist movement to to make all women feel included and not ousted or or judged if they don't have the same beliefs as the the woke mainstream thank you um I've really appreciated talking with you guys today it's really enlightening to hear a lot of the different perspectives you guys have on intersectionality and and what it means to better understand feminism Um, from different perspectives and I really do hope that your hopes um, for the feminist movement are realized and that more people can can understand the, the nuances of what it means to be a feminist. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. We really appreciate it and I hope you learned a lot from this 
and please go check out her flowers. They're an amazing organization, and there's so much to learn for them. See you guys next month.